Welcome to Vicious Talk with Benny P. Coming up in episode 32 is a special guest here to talk about higher education and her experiences along the journey to receive her doctorate degree in organizational leadership. My conversation with my mom, Dr. Joan Perez, is coming up next. But first, a word from my sponsor. Action for Education is a nonprofit organization founded by my good friend and former two-time podcast guest, Mike Mastriani. Action for Education works to create affordable, accessible, and sustainable opportunities for education and healthcare in Western Honduras. Their mission is centered around capacity building, and they want to bring resources from the United States to enable Honduran communities to succeed in their own ways. To that end, they work with partners in Honduras to ensure that their program best matches the needs of the communities they're working within. By drawing on expertise from those around Honduras and in the United States, they're striving to make their model as effective as possible. So if you're interested in getting involved through a number of different available opportunities with this great cause, you can email Mike and his team at info at action4education.org. That's info at action4education.org. And for more information about their incredible organization or if you'd like to make a donation to help one of their two ongoing projects, the Trinidad School of Nursing or Juan Orlando Hernandez Public School, Visit their, visit their website at action4education.org. That's action4education.org. Now, let's dive into episode 32 of Vicious Talk with Benny P and my conversation with my mom, Dr. Joan Perez. episode of Vicious Talk with Benny P is a special guest today. Um, it's kind of funny. This is actually um, my first time kind of not doing too much preparation in terms of an outline and stuff, but I think I'm comfortable with speaking with this person today. She, she um, She's here to talk about her most recent achievement. Uh, she earned her recently earned her EDD doctorate degree in organizational leadership, and uh, she's currently employed um, as a full-time, what's, what's your official title? Director of Educational Services. Director of Educational Services at an undisclosed uh, school district in Southern California. And um, so, I mean, I want to introduce my, uh, my guest today. She's my mom. Her name is Joan Perez. Joan, mom, thanks for coming. <laughs> you meant doctor, right? Yeah, Dr. Joan Perez. <laughs> yeah. So she uh, she earned her EDD uh, last month, and she's been crazy busy over the last two years, two and a half years that she's been working on this. So we were talk. She knew that I was working on this project, the my podcast, for a while, and I had hinted at the fact that I would like to bring her on to talk about it. But she she was always saying that she wanted to wait until after she finished to make sure that she had the full picture and that she had some time to sit down and chat. <laughs> it's an honor. Yeah. Um, so first off, I, um, uh, I wanted to ask you just to kind of explain what exactly you study, what was your, uh, your thesis and, and, um, your, uh, what exactly ended up, and did you end up doing to, uh, your earn, earn this doctorate degree that you, you, um, got last month? So my degree is in organizational leadership and, uh, the topic for my thesis was, um, how do superintendent leadership behaviors influence educational reform in the 21st century. Um, Things are changing exponentially right now 
not just in education, but in the world. And so this topic was very relevant to me. And as an instructional leader, I, I really felt that um, it was something that I could apply to my future as well. Yeah, that's what I, I noticed too. Because I mean, obviously, your goal, I mean, if, through the, through this, getting your doctorate degree and stuff like that, um, I mean, is to get to, to the highest point of education that you could possibly reach, um, not just in achieving a doctorate degree, but also in working with um, educational organizations that can really impact change and such like that. So um, that was one thing that I definitely noticed that was a theme of, of why you're doing the study that you did because um, you were able to kind of get a look at, although you're not a superintendent, you have some ambition to try to get, get into that. And um, it was a good way of you trying to map out the kind of superintendent you would like to be too, to try to make the, the most change that you could make um, in a positive way that you think would be best for what you get into. Am I wrong? For sure. And um, I think, and I've said this along the way, truly um, my goal in this journey was to really um, make good on, on, on the dream of achieving the highest level of education, but also to set an example for, for my kids, um, one of the best books that I read in my journey was called True North by Bill George. And he talks about um, how you discover your authentic leadership. And it comes from your values in life. It comes from who you are um, with those personal values and your moral integrity. And it's that that really helps shape who you'll be um, as, as a leader. And so um, when thinking about this journey, I really had to dig deep and figure out, okay, what is my true north? What is it that I really want to be able to say uh, to someone when they say, you're an organizational leader, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. And for me, um, the big aha in this whole process in, in interviewing superintendents for my dissertation was simply that um, the value in becoming an authentic leader is really empowering others to lead and, and to be a transformational leader where you're paying it forward and um, I think that's true not just as a, a an educator and as um, you know a leader in 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 my field but I think that's true in life you know with mm -hmm. with family and with friends you, you always want to empower others to be the best that they can be mm -hmm. yeah I, um, I I I love all the aspects of the kind of themes you're you're gathering from when you're sharing with what you're learning and, and what you were studying in your your journey with through this whole process but um i mean the purpose of of my podcast is to try to just shed some light on inspiring others in terms of what they're looking at post-college and their their career pursuits and ambitions and what they want to get into possibly in in their lives and stuff and so I mean, regardless of, I mean, you got your doctorate degree in education and stuff like that, but I mean, just achieving such a high level of, of study, um, when, what kind of talking, talking about that, I mean, like what, what point did you think you wanted to go this far in, in your educational journey? I think I always knew I wanted to go this far because my parents instilled that in with, within me. Um, I came from a very modest home and you were the first one to go to, to college. Go to college from your family, mm -hmm. right? And my parents, um, they truly 
always believed in education. And, and um, one of my favorite quotes is, education is not preparation for life. Education is life itself. And that I really feel that both my parents instilled within me. You know, they both um, had high school degrees, but they never got a, a college degree. My mom got an AA um, in her mid-30s. Um, however, neither one of them lived long enough to, to get to see me um, mm-hmm. achieve this this high level of, of degree. And so for me, it was not only um, proving to myself that I could do it, but also it was a, an effort to live the legacy of my parents and, and really truly make education uh, my life journey. Very cool. Um, I, I mean, I've already told you this and, and I mean, it's probably already well obvious, but I mean, just achieving that, that journey through this higher education is definitely inspirational. That's why I wanted to have you on my podcast because it's, it's, I mean, it's super admirable that you went through this whole sacrifice and, and, and this journey that was clearly quite the stressful, I mean, process at, at certain points more so than others. But, um, I mean, going, getting through the other side, getting to the end of it, was, was it just a big relief at the end? For sure. I mean, <laughs> it, it takes up so much of your time, and rightly so. I mean, when you want to achieve a high level um, you got to work hard. And, and so over these last two and a half plus years, I worked really hard, but in the end, um, I feel I'm, I'm that much better for it. Mm -hmm. And I feel that that's really what life is all about. If you want to achieve at high levels, you've got to work hard Mm -hmm. and, um, hard work and determination pay off in the end. And that was, you know, something again, that my parents instilled within me, neither one of them, like I said, had a college degree, but they both worked hard and so that was something they instilled in us very cool i agree 100 percent. i mean you're my mom so i agree with most things that you say um <laughs> good thing <laughs> but um so just going running back to what your specific um study was what was like the major takeaway that you got from just kind of like a i know that you've already done countless presentations and all this stuff like so it's probably a little monotonous at this point talking about it but i mean like what was just like in the 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 general takeaway the the big takeaway you got from your thesis and your study? Yeah, so I think um, the 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 big takeaway was as a leader, not just in education but in any organization, you really have to have a focus, and that's driven by you know again that true north, those core values that you have, and that focus has to be clearly communicated and and in the best interest of the organization. But then what you have to do is you have to lead from the center and meaning that you have to empower others to lead. And and in the world of education, that's empowering teachers, that's empowering principals to to reach their Their capacity, and so while you're doing that, you're you're setting the scene for collaboration and building an opportunity for people to have articulation um, within the organization across different grade levels or in an uh, an, you know uh, 
business to college yeah. or, or yeah, yeah. yeah no. In business, you would across departments. Yeah. I know Google does a great job at that. They have teams where you did have... you study other other types of businesses besides school districts? Yeah, okay. um, and again, it's 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 having that vertical articulation, being able to take others' perspectives and ideas and really create innovation. And then you've got to deepen the learning. You have to provide as a leader opportunities for people to stay current and to be able to stay on top of their game. And, And you are the one that facilitates that process. And then you have to secure accountability. You have external accountability and internal accountability. Internal accountability are, are, you you know, your, your organization's, um, expectations mm-hmm. um and that's again driven by your true north you know your yeah. core values as an organization but that's also just keeping your employees incentivized right and and, mm-hmm. and happy where their workspaces and and yeah. enjoying what, so they're, there's what that, they're working on and stuff like that that buy-in that mm-hmm. uh, the, the the willingness to hold themselves accountable and all of that those four tenants really help build coherence within your organization and everybody knows where you're going and how you're getting there you're going to get buy-in and you'll have success um, i think one of the things that um, i think is really disheartening in education right now is you hear in k-12 you're you're talking about uh, there's a lot of talk about college and career readiness. You know that that idea that when kids graduate high school, they are ready for college or career. Um, I think when kids get to college, I don't think they necessarily are prepared upon graduating for actual career. Mm-hmm. And and when I say that, you know, theoretically they are, um, but I don't necessarily think that um, we do a good job at making sure that there's that practical application piece i agree because i mean obviously the more education you achieve um regardless of almost almost regardless of what you're i mean um like where you're studying or or the degree you end up getting there is ways to implement what you're learning into what you want to get into just theoretically and just like uh with the values and like the core values you're talking about but obviously the practical um, application of what you're learning, getting into a career is it's it's failing to meet the standards that I think that I mean you, you want and I would like to see as well. You know. Yeah, and I think um, we've had discussions before about this. The idea that um, you know you can apply for internships. So again, it's it's a select few that get placed in those internships. I think that. Uh, we have a moral obligation to prepare all kids who graduate college for future readiness. And all kids should have an opportunity for that practical application piece. In high school, mm-hmm. um, we do a lot with career tech education where they create pathways and um, so that when kids graduate high school, they've already got almost like a year of college under their belt under you know, biotech, medical, mm-hmm. you know, those kinds of things. But in college... Uh, there are kids that graduate college and they don't know what the next step is. And I think that higher education has a moral obligation to provide them the opportunity for that practical application, whether it be internships, whether it be preparing them for uh, crafting resumes and and, and doing well with interviews, um, setting them up for success. And I Mm -hmm. think that's where we fall short. 
um, it's interesting because you know there's the prerequisites that you take to get into college you know you've got to take your your writing classes you've got to take math and but when we get to the finish line there's not anything that's a prerequisite for life and mm-hmm. that's what I think is missing yeah and that's kind of the theme of my podcast because I mean obviously I mean I went to college and I got my undergraduate degree but I've I've noticed a, a lack of preparedness not i mean it's, i mean it's not as severe i would like to th- i would like to think in myself um but just in general with my friends and people that i've spoken with it's just it's not easy to l- go straight from college classes and and living in a, in a college dorm and hanging out with your friends on a regular basis to a regular world where you have a nine to five job ideally i mean if you could get one that is full time that pays you well enough to live on your own and it's i i mean there's just got to be i mean it and it's going to take time obviously because i mean education is so antiquated in a lot of aspects um but just the the practical application of job skills is something that um can always improve i think in, in our in our system for sure I, I think we've lost sight of the practical application. And again, this is a generalization, mm-hmm. so it's not for all um, educational institutions, but, um, you know, even just finances, you know, mm-hmm. how do you balance your checkbook? How do you make sure that you've got a good uh, savings account? How do you, you know, there's not a lot of discussion about that. Um, and we send kids off into life and we don't set them up for success mm-hmm. the and way it, that we should. And it's also kind of, it's it's a catch twenty two like push and pull between, um, so if you go to college, I, you I mean it's getting different it's it's trans it's transforming a little bit more now but the idea in the past that was that you go to college to get the best job possible because if you if you get a job out of high school you probably won't be able to I mean generally you probably won't be able to achieve um, a level of the career that you want would get into generally um, but now. Um, we we go to college and you graduate from college and they're like, where's your career experience? And they were like, well, if you don't have three years experience as whatever this field you're trying to get into is, how how are they going to hire you? And it's like, well, I went to college for that. I mean, so, I mean, they want you to be getting career experience while you're in school and people do that and they're able to get summer jobs and some people are able to work through undergrad studies and stuff like that. But there are a large percentage of people that, graduate college without the experience that they would have liked to have in their careers and they're having a hard time getting the jobs that they want because people won't hire them unless they have career experience even though they think oh I graduated from college so I should be entitled to some I mean I shouldn't be entitled but I should be given a little bit of a benefit of a doubt of I'm capable of doing these kinds of job um duties you know and again i think that falls back on the educational system um i think that if we are truly empowering um the youth of america to achieve at at high levels we have to again set them up for success we've got to provide all kids with an opportunity um to have the internship experience it it can't be a select few or certain institutions that you go to i know there's one in boston that you do a fifth year and everybody gets to to Mm -hmm. to do an internship i think that's great but i i think that all educational institutions should should provide that opportunity and i also think that 
you know, things are going to change um, because the cost of higher education is is just um, not feasible for the average American. And, and we need to begin to explore what college could be. Um, and, and again, this goes back to um, that preparing kids for their future and, 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 and what the 21st century we're you know, 20 mm-hmm. years into the 21st century almost. And, you know, we still are talking about 21st century learning. We are in 20, the 21st century. So mm-hmm. it's preparing kids for their future and that future readiness. And it's, it's when they graduate college, you've got those soft skills you need, um, to be successful 10, 20, 30 years out. It's mm-hmm. not just, um, you know, getting that first job it's it's preparation for life yeah i agree so another topic i um i noticed that was a big theme with the people who were graduating not not just you but the people you were graduating with and in the acceptance speeches were that they were making at the i mean really nice ceremony we had in that auditorium for you um and your colleagues was that the the balance between the people's lives that balancing their edd program with the family and their work was something that was incredibly emotional to talk about because it, I mean, it, it's must, that must be the most difficult part of it. So how, what were some of the ways that you were able to balance, I mean, this program, your family life, your work life, um, and kind of just elaborate on that, that process and that journey for you? Well, when I shared, um, it, uh, my, my little two minute speech, I really felt um, it was important for me to acknowledge my family because there were times where I had to say, no, I can't go to this or I can't do that. And, and I never felt the pressure from my family um, to do things that I couldn't do um, because I was obligated to keep writing. And so, you know, and then the other thing is, is, you know, just acknowledging my husband. I mean, he truly, truly, you know, sacrificed a lot he he did a lot around the house and and picked up the slack where I couldn't and and when you're so engrossed in a process that takes up so much of your time knowing that you have the love and support of your family means everything and because really that's who you're doing it for you're 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 when I stood up there and said that you know this was for my granddaughter this was for my children it really was um, the example that I wanted to set for them so that they could truly look back on how hard their mother or their grandmother worked to achieve such high levels, whether it be a doctorate in education or something that they're pursuing in life. Um, it, it, you've got to sacrifice in, in order to work hard for something that, you, um, that, that means a lot and that will get you to where you want to be. Um. And then kind of just tying um, this whole thing up, I mean, in terms of when you, um, like the theme of my podcast is, we've been, we've already been touching on it, but I mean, what kind of advice would you, um, or what would you say to people who are considering continuing their educations, let, let alone, I mean, like as just a master's degree or a doctorate degree at some point, hopefully for some people, um, what kind of people do you think should be considering continuing continuing their education beyond just the undergraduate degree well you know 
everybody has their own aspirations. You do, you have people who want to go the career tech avenue, and they should have opportunities um, in both uh, high school and, and beyond to, to do that and do it successfully. Um, but I think everybody has to define, again, what their true north is. And um, for me, my true north was making education my journey so that I, even though I'm done with my doctorate degree, I think... Um, You're for, still learning? I'm still learning. And that's what keeps life uh, inspirational. Mm-hmm. It keeps you innovative. It keeps you current. It keeps you... Um, so that you are continuously growing and, and, and it, make, it gives you the best um, possible outcome for, you know, but that's not true for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, there are people that are happy and content and I'll leave you with an example. Um, when I was in Russia, I remember watching, I was in a hotel in Russia in Leningrad at the time. It was before the cold war ended. And, um, and, I, and now it's called St. Petersburg. But I remember looking out my hotel room at a man who, um, you know, in the, in the communist era, it, it, his job was to sweep the sidewalk. And I remember watching him and thinking to myself, wow, how sad, you know, this, this man's job in life is to sweep a sidewalk. And that's what the government said his job is. But then I watched him for quite some time and he whistled and he smiled and he talked to people. And I thought to myself, who am I to judge him um, about what his life happiness is is all about, you Mm -hmm. know, and everybody finds uh, happiness um, their own way. And I think that for some, it's achieving the highest levels of education. For others, it's I've got a college degree. I've got a career that I like. I, I have a family and I, mm-hmm. I'm doing the things that I want to do. And that makes me happy. So I think everybody has to really dig deep and figure out what their true north is and, um, and achieve what they want to achieve to make them happy. And, and truly, um, it's about purpose in life, you know, what their purpose in life is and what makes them happy. Mm-hmm. Um, to do you know to achieve that purpose yeah so well mom you you inspired all of us for sure um and we're all proud of you and i appreciate you coming on the podcast with me here okay so can i just say a mom thing go ahead okay i'm proud of you too i i love this podcast and i wish more um millennials would continue to pursue their dreams i see you working at this day in and day out and um, I think that it's it's admirable to see <laughs> you trying to convey your message and bringing a whole slew of different perspectives to this process to help people to understand their journey in life and I think that's really commendable so good job well thanks okay. <laughs> all right well good job thanks all right thanks we'll wrap it up here that's gonna do it for this episode of vicious talk with Benny P thanks mom Thanks again to my mom, Dr. Joan Perez, for joining me on the podcast. Thanks to my sponsor, Action for Education. Be sure you check out their website to learn more about them and their awesome organization. That's action4education.org. And lastly, thank you for listening to episode 32 of Vicious Talk with Benny P. Be sure to go and follow me on soundcloud.com slash vicious talk or in Apple Podcasts. So that's going to do it here for this episode of Vicious Talk with Benny P. I hope everyone is surviving this crazy heat wave we have going on. I normally tell everybody to go out, but considering it's very hot in many parts of the country right now, everybody just stay in. 
Keep cool, but always remember to be vicious.